Hello guys, um, welcome back to another episode of our podcast, Region Knowledge and Policy. So this week we continue our prior week's discussion and here today we're going to discuss the Biometer. The Biometer is an initiative funded by the Open Society Initiative for West Africa, OSIWA, to evaluate the campaign promises of President Bio that were made in 2018. All in all, President Bio made a staggering 536 promises in the Australians People's Party's New Direction Manifesto. So IGR has tracked and evaluated all 536 promises to ask, did we, Australians, get what we voted for? Well, today I have a guest with me here and he's going to give us a breakdown on the BM to give us context and analysis on not only the 2018 promises, but also what this means for President Bio's 2023 campaign and chance for re-election. Hello and welcome to the program today. Please introduce yourself. My name is Charlie Hughes. I am a governance and development consultant. Okay, so welcome, um, Charlie. Um, so as we start, can you briefly tell us about the BM process? What what's what has the the biometer process been like, and the reason for tracking these promises? Well, the uh, biometer uh, is uh, a new initiative uh, by uh, not only uh, IGR but by uh, civil society in uh, democracies with some um, uh, similar context uh, as, as Sierra Leone. Um, so for instance, in Liberia, they have the We Are Meter that um, uh, looks at the, uh, uh, the extent to which President We Are um, uh, delivered on his uh, manifesto promises. And then in Senegal, they had the, uh, the Makisal um, uh, Meter. So across uh, these countries, um, it's a new experiment at uh, promoting um, social accountability. Okay, so how did your team identify all 536 campaign promises? Well, as you know, uh, it's, it's uh, not that difficult. Political parties' campaign promises are usually contained in a single source document uh, called um, a manifesto. So all we had to do was to get a copy of the, uh, the ruling government's manifesto and then um, track all the promises um, um, they made. So if you look at the report that is coming out, uh, for every single promise that we captured, we indicated the, the reference page for that particular promise. So we are not like putting words in their mouth. You said we are going to do this. We uh, capture it without I mean, changing anything, and then we give you the reference page. Um, there are other um, um, platforms where the president made, the president and uh, the vice president and other senior officials made um, other promises, uh, such as uh, his inauguration um, uh, speech, such as his speech to parliament, you know, his first address to parliament. But those were largely left out because the single biggest source document would be the manifesto. So that is what um, uh, we, we use. So if we say 530 something we have all the reference pages for each of those um, 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 manifesto promises so going forward can you like take us briefly through the tracking process and evaluating process well so when we say you know uh, evaluation the it, it can be uh, 
a nuanced term to use because uh, we are not evaluating the manifesto promises on the basis of what good came out of it. No. Multi-party democracy is premised on the idea that different political parties will offer different ways of doing things. So we are not going to say you are wrong or you are right. You offer your own ways of solving the national problem. Party B offers their own way of solving the national problem. And then the citizen can look at both ideas and then decide whose ideas they want to go with. But if it happens that your idea got the vote, our, it is our place to ensure that we are able, at the end of the day, to let you account to the people. Okay. So, if I voted for you because you said this, at the end of the day, we want to be able to report back to the people to say, well, for those of you who voted for this party on the basis of this promise, indeed, they delivered on the promise. Mm -hmm. So, when we say evaluation, it's all about uh, uh, what good came out of it. I mean, I mean, let me give you an example. When um, in the U.S., when um, uh, Trump was campaigning, he told the American people that on day one, he would come out of the Paris Climate Change Accord. You will argue that so many in this age of climate change, there will be so many people appalled by that statement. But yeah. indeed, there were also so many Americans who clapped for him on the basis of that statement. Yes. On the day the man took over, he signed executive orders taking the U.S. out of Paris Accord. It is not my place to say he was wrong or he was right. He made a promise to electorates and he delivered on the promise. So that is how we have looked at the, that is our approach to the, uh, the biometer. If you say I'm going to offer free tuition to children of the armed forces, personnel, or I'm going to make um, a science um, education free for women, it is not our place to argue over the utility of that approach. Did you do it? It's as simple as, 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 simple as that. So uh, we, we, we've been able to gather evidence for every manifesto. We'll gather evidence regarding the extent to which it was completed, if it was fully completed, if up to the time of the report, if the uh, completion had not been achieved, we'll give them that kind of rating that reflects um, uh, that. Okay. You know, if action had not been started, on the promise, we will say uh, action had not been started. It's a learning process for all of us, so we were able to, to capture this lesson that, in fact, some of the manifesto promises we are very vague, and there's no way you can you can you can you can measure them. You know, if somebody says we we will promote the moral authority of the state, how are you going to measure that? But by even capturing those vague manifesto promises. We are contributing to uh, making manifestos useful because other political parties can learn from that in the way they frame their manifesto promises. You, you just don't talk to your fellow citizens in ways that don't make sense. Mm -hmm. You know, I will live up to high moral standards. I will stop the reckless use of executive discretion, like that, that, that kind of stuff. You don't talk to your fellow I mean, citizens that way. But like I said, it's a learning process for all of us. Now, because IGR has been able to highlight these things, other parties, even the ruling party, the opposition party, or you know, um, they are now in the process of framing their own manifestos. They can learn from that and then say, okay, what can we say that is measurable? What can we say that is doable? I mean, take even the the number of manifesto promises. How can you make 500 promises? Yeah. That's super, super, super huge. But like yeah. I said, you know, we are we we are all I mean, 
in the learning game. Okay, so I can only imagine how challenging this task has been. So tell us about the national promises. How um, were they categorized? They were categorized, I mean, along uh, uh, the normal sectors where I mean, government I mean, works in traditional sectors. And maybe you can detail uh, in on, on Meaning what, um, um, all government services are delivered uh, within um, uh, uh, a given number of uh, sectors that we are all familiar with. Agriculture, economy, governance, uh, local government, uh, tourism, health, education, foreign affairs and, and all of the sectors have assigned them uh, ministries you know as a framework for delivering them, uh, uh, government services so uh, we organize them uh, alphabetically starting with agriculture way down to um, uh, women uh, youths and persons with disability not in any um, uh, order of uh, importance but just just for Easy structuring. So you start with agriculture, and then you go you go downwards, and then uh, because this is again this is how the the uh, manifesto promises in the the party manifesto the SLPP. This is how they were also I mean, framed along those uh, um, sectors. I mean, and, and, and it's the same for for other political parties, NGC, APC. That's how you know. So you're able to see how things are faring within within the sector in terms of what government is doing you know not in terms of what is coming out you know but in terms of what they at what they said they will do so we have I mean, all of those in the um, sectors and then if you uh, see the results of the uh, promises and then you can relate them to the results of the um, implementation of the promises and then you can actually relate them to uh, uh, to what is happening in the in the in the real world. I mean I give you an example. Local government was really the least um, area of performance and then you look around you can really see that councils are just basically just kind of like dead. Mm. The councils I mean since the end of I mean, a huge donor support to, to local government, you know, um, nothing has as 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 has happened that is really significant. And we made the point there that for even some of the promises that were made regarding the um, local government, they were just kind of um, trivial, you know, dealing with the role of paramount chiefs, you know, criteria for um, getting elected as a councillor, and those kinds of uh, uh, mundane things. So uh, you as an as, as a, an ordinary person, you can actually reflect on our findings regarding local councils and then you look at the real world in, you know, in Sierra Leone and see, well, probably this is it. That's why yeah, these guys are really, uh, they've not fared well, you know, over the last five years. Okay, so let's dive in a little. Um, let's talk about the broad highlights of the biometer and like what's, what was the most or what's the most promising aspect of it. And well, as you started stating earlier about the uh, um, local councils, what's the most worrisome? Well, yeah, like like I said, you can you reflect on the on the evidence of performance and then also step back and say, okay, let me see how this sector is faring in, in reality. So you take um, education, for instance, you know, and uh, you see, you can actually see changes, you know, as a result of the, uh, the implementation of those um, promises that these are changes that you can actually 
relate with in terms of uh, what's happening on the ground and even with the, with the health sector, you know, or even with um, agriculture. So uh, I see there, there have been two or three kinds of uh, inputs that the government has been making towards uh, those promises. One, there are legislative and policy inputs. So across all sectors, there are a number of promises dealing with policy reviews and new legislations. In fact, as I, as I, as I speak to you, yesterday I went to uh, the government bookshop and I bought like 10 new legislations that, are, that have been passed over the past three months. So passing legislations and improving policy has been a, uh, a key trust of those promises. And they run across all areas, you know. Again, maybe that is a good place to start because if you don't have the policy framework, then how do you provide guidance to those who are implementing things? And then uh, another trust that uh, I could uh, highlight was the need to revive moribund institutions. So they will say, we want to revive these um, veterinary stations, we want to revive the Joint Monitoring um, Committee, we want to revive this, we want to revive this. And those things, they tell their own story you know, regarding governance in the country in general. So, why are we reviving all of these things? Uh, why, are we, why are we laying all of these new policies and laws? Was it that they were largely absent? And then the, the third um, trust of those manifesto promises was uh, investment in capacity building. You know, how do we build the capacity of existing institutions and processes or you know, uh, make new investments, you know, if, whether it's about buying massive quantities of um, uh, tractors or buying large fleets of combined harvesters. But um, so, in a summary, those are the three main I mean, trusts of these promises. Legislative policy interventions, capacity building interventions through massive investment, and then five in the uh, moribund institutions. So, that explains when you see Rehabilitation of all government hospitals, rehabilitation of um, uh, research stations in the case of agriculture, you know, uh, rehabilitation of um, uh, re-evaluation of our embassies and, 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 and their rehabilitation in the case of foreign affairs. So all of the three trusts, they run across every sector. So that is how, um, that, that, that is our, our, our key takeaway from assessment of the promises. Okay, so talking about um, policies, we know when, when we talk about policies, most citizens often don't understand or don't really care much about the process. So what do you think would be the effect um, or the effect is going to be on the, um, the biometer, um, not only on citizens, but also the voting electorate as President Bio and Dr. Samurakama of the APC campaign for the upcoming elections? Well, people have different ways of um, looking at the utility of this uh, biometer exercise. For us, as a, as a civil society, as a think tank, we are largely or mainly interested in the idea of holding political parties to account for their promises. So, we've played our own part. We've been able to tell the population that this is what the guys promised, this is what they have done. So, for the population, it's up to them to digest the information and uh, decide because it has some integrity implications. If somebody makes a promise to you three, four times and he doesn't deliver on that promise, 
that person has integrity challenges. So it's up to the, uh, the citizens to uh, digest information and decide what they want to do with it. For opposition parties, it's equally up to them to read the document comprehensively, see what learning they can take from it in terms of framing their own manifesto promises, you know, see um, uh, what learning they can take from it in terms of picking holes in uh, what the government said. So we have played our own part. Of course, the, uh, it's about the, we're trying to uh, make manifestos or put manifestos at the center of electoral politics in Sierra Leone. We can't have elections or multi-party politics where manifestos are meaningless. So once we begin, for, we begin to put pressure on them that manifestos are useful. So if you produce a manifesto and make promises and somebody else doesn't produce any manifesto, well, it's up to their political party to go and seek other ways of mobilizing people. But we know that voters are supposed to be mobilized on the basis of manifesto promises. So our interest is to make manifesto relevant in the politics of this country. So if the opposition, they can look at the biometer and see how they can capitalize on it for electoral gains. Government, they can look at it to see how they can capitalize on it for electoral gains. The citizens, they should look at it to determine their political behavior, I mean, their ballot decisions. Because in the absence of the utility of manifestos, what the citizens are left to this country is just regionalism, ethnicity, personal relationship with politicians. So if we put the manifesto issue at the forefront and you choose to ignore it, we can't do otherwise. We have played our own part, which is to make manifestos relevant in political debate. So people can have different ways to relate to this document. Opposition party, government, even civil society organizations. I'll give you an example. If you are a civil society, uh, you belong to a civil society organization that has an interest in promoting the interest of persons with disability. What you will do is to go to that manifesto document, go to the promises relating to persons with disability and say, in the first place, we are they really sufficient regarding the issues that affect us too. Did they in fact address what they said you are going to address? If they didn't, it becomes a basis for your own advocacy. So there is no one size fits all in terms of how we relate with this document yeah and, and also it feels like there's an aspect for everyone to, for everybody. to connect with for everybody yeah. Yeah. so in that light is this campaign this tracking of campaign promises is it going to be sustainable oh yes yes it, it, it is it is it is going to be sustainable and like uh uh like i said it's uh something that is uh experimental so for all of us who are involved in the process we are all learning so uh we can we can even build um, a new um, uh, projects you know uh, outside of elections time frame you know for instance uh, how can we support political parties to write manifestos that are with indicators that we can track easily how can we help them to uh, write manifestos that are not um, overbearing you know so it is something that is sustainable and it is something that needs to be sustained otherwise if you do not have political party promises at the heart of multi-party politics, then you just leave us to, to fight or use other issues to determine how we vote. And that's not how it should be. Multi, the idea of multi-party politics is that 
parties are organized on different platforms and nobody's wrong and nobody's right. So if you are a religious fundamentalist, if you, you organize within boundaries of law, go ahead and, and, and organize. If you are there for the environment, you are a green party, go, go ahead and, and, and organize yourself and sell your ideas. So we are using the term manifesto because this is how it's, 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 it is a single source document where you can actually easily track what this party stands for. So that's why we're using manifestos. But it's all about making promises to citizens as a social contract. Elect me because this is how I will handle this challenge. Elect me because this is what I want to do. So whether, in fact, I'm a, there is an opportunity for us to go beyond manifesto documents. So if you make a promise anywhere as a leader of a party, we should be able to track it and record it. On this day, you said in bold at this crowd, I mean, at, I mean at, on, on this occasion, that if elected, you will do this and this and this. So even if it is not contained in a, in a single source document like a manifesto, the fact that you said it, you know, to, to voters, it is a campaign promise. So that can also be captured. But the, for now, for, for, for the ease of it, it's easier to deal with promises made in one document. So one would be tempted to say, oh, okay, you're capturing these campaign promises. How possible is it that you can hold them accountable to see that these promises are, you know, effective or actualized? No, it is not our place to push them to actualize them. Because in the first place, there could be promises in there that I don't even like. So it is not my place to, to push you to do it. It is my place to hold you to account for those who believed in you and voted for you. You said if they elect you, you will do this. And the majority of citizens voted for you on the basis of those promises. So my job is to go back to them and say, okay, this is it. But uh, if you have a campaign promise and that, that the, most of us at IGR do not like, why should we push you? And in any case, there are so many CSOs I mean, in this country that have sexual interests. So if you... Uh, like I said, you are in a gender or um, a women equality advocacy or you are into um, health issues. If we have helped you to unravel what government promised and what government did, why can't you as a CSO ensure that they live up to their promises or improve the quality of their promises? Yeah. So it is not IGR's place to, to force parties to, 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 to implement their policies. No, if we have sexual interest for certain I mean, areas, I know, like for instance, you've been working on, on health and education. Maybe we 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 can say, you know what, the quality of the promises we are in really we are not up there, or maybe you didn't do well, or maybe we many issues that may need to be addressed. Yes, but the focus of the biometer is just to tell Australians that hey, so this is it. This party made all these promises, and this is what the actions they took on the promises. You go ahead and decide whether you want them to change some of these promises, whether the outcomes of those promises were not that useful. It's up to you. Okay, so in other words, you set the platform for others to climb on top. Yes, yes. Thank Opposition you. parties, CSOs, intellectuals you know, researchers, our interest is just to present I mean, the fact and we are going to continue this work regardless of, uh, as long as you are a political party, you'll be held to account for your manifesto promises if you are elected into office or when you are elected into office. Alright, so thank you very much Mr. Charlie for giving us your time and sitting down with us to have this interesting conversation. So this is how we end today's episode and until next time, I have been Lucy Imanetalu. 